Maybe can I connect now? <laughs> For those of you that don't know me, I'm Nancy Carter, and I'm over the Connection Group Ministry. And this morning we're talking about the state of the Connection Group Ministry. And as you can see, it's alive and well at CT. I had asked the Wolves to do the uh, skit, and the first part of it was, what do people, what perceptions do people have about connection groups that's never been there? And sometimes we have the wrong perception, don't we? We think that everything is just always perfect, and we're not going to fit in, that we're going to be different, that we can't be real there. Or maybe the fear is, is that we have to be real there. But as they went on, you could see what connection groups are really about. That it's not just coming and sitting and listening and then going home. And sometimes there's angel food cake and sometimes there's devil food cake if you go to Jim's group. <laughs> A little more devils in that group now. <laughs> I'm kidding. Jim's a bit ornery. I think he's the ornery one. But groups are a vision from God. And they were started to impart life. They were um, started to get us to a place where we were connected to one another, invested into the lives of one another, so that we could grow as the body of Christ. We wanted to be a church like Acts talks about. But if we wanted to be the church in Acts, then there were some things that we needed to do. And one of those things was to be a connection group ministry. We started the connection groups over 21 years ago. Um, we started with four groups. I was there. And I'm still here. But now we have 12 groups. And... Each of the leaders are committed to their ministries. They love their members. They love the body. I've seen them um, have a willingness to be stretched. I've included the leaders to do the offering and the meet and greet and the skits this morning. And that wasn't easy for all of them. There's things that have been asked of them that hasn't always been easy, but they've always been willing. Willing to be stretched and willing to give into this ministry. Um, willing to do what's required. And so, as Carol invited you to the ministry, I just want to start out by inviting you to a connection group ministry. If you haven't taken um, part in one, don't turn me off yet. But there's uh, so much that's happening in connection group ministries. So much that has happened over the last 20 years. It's a place where life is. And if I had to describe what connection groups were in just a few words, I would say it gives life to my soul. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 2. We're going to begin reading at verse 40. And this is what Acts has to say about the ministry that was taking place during that time. In verse 40, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. 
what would we do at CT if 3,000 people were lined out up outside and came in and got saved today? What a celebration that would be, right? Who's going to care for them? Aaron and Rachel have their hands full, don't they? The connection groups step in and they care for them. It says 3,000 were added to them. So there was already a group. There was already a church. And 3,000 more were added at that time. It's where the connection group comes into play. As a body, we can't minister to one another. Look around you. And how many of you know every person in this body? You know their hurts, their struggles, their hearts, their joys. You know how to pray pray for them, except by being led by the Holy Spirit. God wants us to be that connected fellowship where we can truly care for one another. And so it said in that verse that 3,000 were added to them. Verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. That's the part we like, isn't it? We love to see the work of God, the signs and the wonders and the miracles. But it said that it came after. Notice that word in 43, it says, then. It came after there was fellowshipping and breaking of bread. How much fellowship can you really do in a group that's 3,000 plus? If we as a body, the size that we are now, we don't know one another to truly fellowship the way that God has called us to, then how could they have? So it says they did them together. And we'll see how they did it in the next verse, 44. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them amongst all as everyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. As they went from house to house, breaking bread together, fellowshipping together, studying the word together, praying together, doing all things together, even to a point of bringing all of their possessions together and dividing them out so that every need was met. God did mighty wonders. Now, you can rest assured the ushers are not going to bring around cards for you to transfer all your bank accounts, all your investments, all your property to church tea. But I have found in connection groups, people share what they have. Willingly giving it to one another. As we are taken care of, then we're able to do the kingdom business as God wants us to. We're able to step out and be the body that he's called us to. In 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the body of Christ. How one's the hand, how one's the eye, and so on. We cannot do that as a body like this. Sunday was never meant to be the all in all. 
is to be the celebration service where we can come and worship and adore Jesus Christ. Real church takes place in home groups. That's where people's needs are met. That's where the prayer for one another. Notice in that group, it wants Rick saying, I need prayer. But Patrick saying, Rick needs prayer. Caring for one another, ministering to one another, meeting one another's needs. Research shows that if people's needs are not getting met, they're not being cared for the way they think they should be, they're not going to stay at that church. A church that only has a Sunday service cannot take care of every need. That's where connection groups come into play. To be the body of Christ that he called us to be. It's where we can be connected to have that koinonia fellowship. And koinonia is just another word for the sharing of lives, the connectiveness. You can have all the electrical appliances and equipment in your house, but if you never plug that cord into a socket, what good is it going to do for you? None. And so we plug into the lives of one another so that we can then do the ministry that Jesus Christ has called us to do. Can we make it without connection groups? Sure. But why should we miss out on one of God's gifts and his benefits to help us? Most of you have heard me say that I've been here forever. Pretty much so. So I was here before connection groups started, and I've been here after connection groups have started. And I can tell you that connection groups have been life to my soul. What are other people saying about the connection group ministry? I ask a few people to put it in five words or less. And they all kind of looked at me like, we can't do it. But most of them did, and we broke some of them up. What are people saying about connection groups? And we're going to have these slides up the whole time. But look what they said, friendship, to grow spiritually, helping me to hold on, a deep study of God's word, love, family, refreshing a safe place to trust a raw heart. It's a place where you can trust your heart and know they're not going to trample on it. Know they're not going to ignore you. But they're going to help you find healing. Increasing relationships with God and others. Can we get to the next one? A place to focus and refocus on Jesus. A place to laugh together, to have support. Um, relationships and helping one another. As I mentioned in the first one, female fun, fellowship, food, and faith. If you go to the men's fellowship, the men's connection group, don't expect all that to be happening in yours, okay? (laughs) Brian doesn't sneak in the men for you. It's a time of sharing blessings, needs, and prayer reports. And the next one? Brothers and sisters loving me through life. Loving me through life. They're always there no matter what life throws at me. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Now you as a church body, you have seen the good in me. But only a few of you, mainly my connection group, my close friends, my family have seen the bad. The times when my heart might have been raw. 
the times when I might have been hurting, the times when I felt like quitting. It's impossible, impossible to come in on Sunday mornings and to share that with the body. While Pastor Aaron is preaching, we just can't pop up, and Rick can't just pop up and say, Pastor, stop preaching right now. You need to pray about, I'm having really bad struggle at work. We can pray at the end. But sometimes connection group, the whole group, the whole night may be centered on one person because they need that. They need that. And so it's that sharing, the good, the bad, and the ugly. They help me keep my standard held high. Sometimes we feel like quitting, and some of you in here may feel like quitting in some area of your life. Only those that truly know you, those that are led by the Spirit of God, will know that. But in connection groups, because you have become such a close-knit family, it's hard to hide those things. God exposes it not for our detriment, but so we can find life. A place to come away from the busyness and overwhelming circumstances. And it helps us to become more of a Jesus pleaser than a people pleaser. Just helps us with life so that we can go on. A connection group is it's a place where we can bear one another's burdens. It's a place that we can consider and stir one another up towards love and good works. Not forsaking the exhorting of one another. In a church body like this, it's easy to hide behind a mask. You may be sitting there in your heart hurting, not knowing which way to turn, not knowing how you're going to pay your next bill, not knowing how you're going to get through that broken relationship. But in a connection group, you're free to minister to that person free to be ourselves. Connection group is where I can be me. And sometimes that's scary for me to be me. And sometimes it's scary for the group when I'm me. And it's the same for you. You know, it's a place where we become real and we become vulnerable. It's not easy. I remember one time God asked me to be transparent in my group. And I shared something that was going on in my life. And it's not something I would have shared in the church body. And then a member said, well, I need to share this. If you can share your heart, then I can share my heart. And we're free to minister to one another. In Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of a friend. Connection groups is where we come together and we rub together. And sometimes there's sparks. Sometimes there's friction. But that's what a family is. And we invest in one another's lives. We impart into one another's lives. And we grow together. Not always a comfortable place, as I said. You know, I started out in the Connection Group ministry. And as Pastor Eric asked me to be one of the leaders, I was thinking, do I really want to do that? I may be a social worker, but I'm not really a people person. That's God, isn't it? 
choosing the foolish things to confound the wise. And I thought, I don't know, this is going to be a stretch. But I trust the pastor. And I trust his vision. And I trust God's vision. If he's called me to teach, then I just need to step out and do it. And along the way, I've been challenged and stretched and had the ups and downs. But through it all, God has proven faithful. And so some of you may find yourself uncomfortable, indifferent, saying, I don't need it, I don't have the time. And I would say to you, check to see what God has for you. Obviously, because of work and other commitments, some people can't make a group. But I would challenge you, what does God have to say? What does God want? Just like we would seek God for every area of our lives. God, should I take this job? Should I go here? Should I do this? Should I go into this ministry? What does God have to say to us about connection groups? I loved what Patrick said earlier about asking God, not thinking God was going to speak to him that quickly and not thinking that God was going to answer him. Ask God what he has to say about you and connection groups and have an open ear. You may be thinking one thing, whereas God has a whole different plan. Let that be your challenge. Um, so I shared earlier in the connect, about the connection groups and shared in the first service. Karen had a testimony that she shared, and I asked if she would share it again. This one, is there a microphone? Where? Give it to Karen. The way the connection group ministry has ministered to her. Well, I've been in uh, the connection groups. I was one of them that, 20 years ago. <laughs> and uh, I was one of them that was resistant to the idea. I didn't like the idea of getting real close to people. You know, I like to come here, sit in the pew, leave. <clears throat> But uh, I was in ministry here in the church, and that was one of the requirements. So I went, and at first, you know, I went and tried to think of excuses not to go. But the more I went, I started to like it. And I made friends, and throughout these 20 years, you know, I've continued to grow. Now, I've been in different uh, connection groups over the years, and each one of them have been good, and it's always been what I needed for that season in my life. <clears throat> I'm currently with uh, Mary Moore's women's group on Tuesday morning. And in November, my apartment building caught on fire. And I ended up uh, staying at the Hampton Inn for a month. <clears throat> my home group not only uh, prayed for me, they gave me gift cards, you know, to, uh, for food or whatever I would need. Uh, some women showed up at my apartment. They helped gather up everything that needed washed. And, and you might think, well, you know, one load of washing, but this stuff was so smoky. And so they washed and they washed and they hung out on the lines. And, and, but they did, you know, everything that could. And then uh, others came and helped me put it all back and put my apartment back together. And when you have friends, 
that are willing to stick by you with, no matter what and can come together like that. You know, I was never in want, and uh, I had the peace of God, and I really had God's people minister to me. So I encourage, you know, if you're hesitant, at least try it out, and try it out several times. Thank you, Karen. A connection group is family. A family that sticks together. A family that grows together. A family that sticks it through the good times, the bad times, the ugly times. That they do all things together, and it's not just on a one-day-a-week agenda. That wasn't on the meeting nights when they did it or in the meeting days. They were there throughout the week to be with her. And I see it in all the connection groups. Taking food to someone that's been sick, that's had a burnout, for someone that's um, gone through some crisis. Cleaning house for someone. Helping clean up yards. Being there to encourage. Having fundraisers to help someone going through a hard time. They've been there. You know, I've been a recipient of that family atmosphere in the connection group. When times have been hard. When going through things in my own family, being able to share it with them. And to have them reach out to my family. Having them reach out to my family that was in the hospital and even going to Columbus to visit them. Having them to reach out financially when they don't even know the person. Having that atmosphere in a small group of people where it's just family. Just family. It's a place where growth takes place. Yes, there's the word. There's prayer. There's testimonies. But there's also sharing of our lives. Sharing of our experiences. Sharing of our struggles. And how God brought us through. So that it can be an encouragement to someone else. There's growth because we're there not just to receive, but to participate. Because we believe every person has a gift. Every person, God wants to use them. Every person is a participant. So it's a place where we can learn to use our gifts. Without being ridiculed, without um, severe correction. We can correct and love. It's a place where we are empowered by one another through the Holy Spirit to go forth and do what God wants us to do. And it's also a place of great physical food. Talked about the angel food cake, White Castle, I don't know. But it's a place where we grow. Sometimes, unfortunately, two ways we grow. But a place of growth. It's a safe place. It's a refuge. I love that testimony where one put about a safe place to share a raw heart. After the death of a family member, after the loss of someone, after a divorce, after a crisis, sometimes our hearts get raw. And once again, it's easy to sit in church and say, I'm okay. You can't get away with that in connection group. Because God wants us healed. God wants us free. God wants us ministered to. And knowing that it's not just a one day a week affair. 
But sometimes it's ministry that may go on and on and on week after week until that person comes to that place where God wants them. A safe place, a safe place to be yourselves. And from the connection group, ministry is where all ministry springs forth. Out of the connection group ministry, we have ministry going forth into nursing homes, into Elizabeth's Hope. We talked about um, National Right to Life Day. It's gone forth to homeless people and doing backpacks. It's gone forth into Kingston doing lunch programs in the summer for kids. We've done ministry at a women's shelter. We've done um, ministry to the local um, Adena Hospital and Police Department through Christmas baskets. Just taking them in because we wanted to bless them. And if you notice, whenever we have a function or a fellowship, it comes through the connection groups. This group does this, this group does that. Not only in doing the food, but also doing the setup and the cleanup. Just becoming um, the servants in the body of Christ. We're based on that, our mission, when disciples sinned. We want to win people into the kingdom of God, but we also want each person to know that we're winners. That we are triumphant. It's not just a name, but we are triumphant. We have been made more than conquerors. And so we need one another to get through life. We need to sharpen one another, to grow together, to be that body, to care for one another. So winning and then discipling. Now, I've seen new believers come into the body of Christ and get involved into a group. And where one person would disciple them along the way. And that discipleship wasn't just about studying the scriptures, but it was about living life as a Christian, getting through discipleship and then sending them on. We don't want people to come into connection groups and they continue to grow and grow and grow. That's not God's plan. Now, we started out with only four groups, a lot of people in one group. I had 50 people in a group was not the best plan. But sending out new leaders, not just connection group leaders, but leaders into other ministries, into what God has called them to. Connection groups, it's one of, they're one of the blessings of God. And I would challenge you, if God's giving us a blessing, why should we reject it? If he's given us something so that we can grow stronger as a Christian so that we can get connected to the body of Christ, so that we can grow together, then why not take advantage of it? Why reject any of God's blessings that he's given to us? It says in Psalms 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's talking about his word. But if you study the scriptures, even beyond Acts, you'll find scriptures where they met in homes, where they studied together in homes, that it, homes were a place where they could be the body of Christ and then gather together as one to celebrate Jesus Christ. And so as I end, I want my challenge to you be, first about connection groups, seek God, ask him, God, 
How do connection groups play into my life? Even if you're actively going to connection groups, God, are you calling me to be a leader, to step out of this comfort and to start a new connection group, to be a host, to help support a new group such as Carol and Larry? Um, And if you're not a part of a group, God, how, how do you want to help me to get to that group? My work doesn't permit it. Maybe time doesn't permit it. We could go on and on. And I'm not just saying they're excuses. There's some legitimate reasons. But you seek God and ask him what he has to say. And just like Patrick said, God answers. Sometimes, sometimes to our amazement, which shouldn't, excuse me, shouldn't amaze us. If we ask God, we should know he's going to answer. And then thirdly, if there's an area of your life that God's been dealing with you on, and it means a stretch, and it means change, and it means stepping into something where you're not comfortable at, be obedient to God. Watch what he does. Watch what he wants to do in your life. Listen to what he has to say. And then taste and see that God is truly good. And I ask that we stand. Patrick, if you want to come up. And ask the home group leaders to come up if they would, those that are here. Most of them were at the first service. We have Carol and Larry Walls. They're the newest leaders. Latanya and William lead a group in Chillicothe. Carol and Larry's is in Circleville's. Jim and Belinda are at Patrick's house in um, Chillicothe. We have home groups on Sunday night, Monday night, a women's group on Tuesday mornings. Wednesday night, we have a men's group and a women's group and Jim and Belinda's group. On Thursday night, Carol and Larry. So almost every day of the week. Those for men, those for women, those for mixed. There are some groups that have a lot of kids in them, some that don't. Check out the group. Check out with a leader before going. And you can find out all about it. If you don't go to a group, visit one. Visit a couple. There's one out there that will fit your needs. If you need prayer for anything, please feel free to come up to the leaders that are here and let them minister to you. It may be something totally different. If you're going through a struggle, you're going through a hard time, you need someone to stand in agreement with you. Please feel free to come forward. Thank you.